Episode of the Saints and Cosmo Cast. I am Ramses. I just want to say thank you once again to everybody on Twitter, on and on Reddit for supporting me for this podcast. Um, it's been a, it's been a really good experience doing this podcast, and I had a lot. I had a great time doing the first episode, and well, I'm now here with a proper episode, and this is going to be sort of like the format we're going to be seeing for the time uh, for going forward. So. Hopefully you guys will enjoy it, and hopefully you guys will enjoy this podcast as we go forward. So with that said, um, I just want to get a few things out of the way with um, housekeeping. And one of the things I wanted to do is I wanted to talk about the issue of... Uh, I want to talk about the issue of YouTube. A lot of people have been asking about YouTube and how they want to listen to the show on YouTube. And unfortunately... A lot of times here, especially here in the United States, we favor a lot of the podcast in um, for like iTunes and other and other kind of formats. So YouTube is not really much of a viable thing for us, especially since considering that like YouTube is a very finicky thing when it comes to doing. And anything with YouTube, it's a very 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 fine line and very very finicky as to what gets seen and what gets not seen and if like people even will see the when it pops up on their um, feed and stuff like that so I feel like YouTube is gonna be like it's not really my priority I will upload it on YouTube and I will and I will inform people when it get, does get uploaded it will be on a week delay meaning that the delay will be like this will be go up first. This will go up first, and then a week later, it will go on YouTube. And but if I, if possible, I would like you to, if you want to continue supporting this podcast, um, please support it by all means possible necessary by like going to, going to all these places to download it. We're on, we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Player FM, Spotify, and on Stitcher Radio, to name a few. All you need to do is check out our Anchor FM website and I'll have all the links there for you to download the episodes and like I said those numbers are more important for us and if possible if you can listen to those podcasts there that'd be great so a little favor if you can so with that in mind let's get started with uh, with the news I only have one thing here on the docket here that's important for the, for what's going on here in the United States and that is that a listing it's appeared on Amazon for a new toy line called Anime Heroes. And in this toy line, it's going to include stuff from Naruto and My Hero Academia. But the biggest one of them all that I saw there was Saint Seiya. Um, First Wave is available right now to pre-order on the web on Amazon and on places like Big Bad Toy Store. You can I'll leave a link on the description for the episode so you can buy them. I get no kickback, unfortunately. I'll see what I can do about that. But, um, but for the most part, those um, the first three figures were that's gonna be part of the first three figures that we saw. Saint Seiya wise was for Iolios, Seiya, and for and for Saga. Um, each figure is gonna have at least two pairs of hands: one open hand, one closed hand. Iolios comes with a bow and arrow, and he and Saga comes with his helmet as well. 
each figure is supposed to retail for $19.99 according to all, all the retailers that I, that I described. But it'll vary from retailer to retailer going, you know, going forward. No listings have appeared yet on places like, um, no listings have appeared just yet on, on Walmart or on Target or, or at, um, GameStop or any of the major retailers in the United States that would be carrying it. But keep an eye out on our Twitter to make sure to, that when you do, do appear in, uh, available, you will get, you'll be informed. If you're wondering, like, what kind of, what to expect from these figures, they're not the high-quality figures of, like, the, the, um, like, Satan Myth Claw figures that everybody's more used to. They're, they're more in line with, like, stuff that's currently on the market with, like, Marvel Legends and, um, just Marvel Legends and other kinds of, um, six-inch action figure lines right now. Again, it's, it's more like, it's a sister line to, um, Dragon Stars, another Bandai America thing where... It's just that they take a more affordable approach to Dragon Ball figures. And for me, I feel that someone that collects a lot of action figures. I collect Marvel Legends. I collect the DC Multiverse figures by McFarland. Um, I collect both the new Masters of the Universe and the Masters of the Big Universe. A lot of Transformers, like Gunpla. And sometimes I collect, like, Lego as well. And I feel that... Oh yeah, and also Black Series, Star Wars Black Series. Um, I feel with like having so many, collecting so many figures, I'm only allowed like one prestige, like you know, high end that collectible action figure line. And because I've been collecting this line for a very long time, that figure line is of um, SH figures. So unfortunately, this for me, this means I have to make a compromise, and I have to choose between either, you know. Not collecting a line and start collecting um, myth cloths, or just, or not even start collecting at all. And I think this is a good compromise, in my opinion, at least. It's a lot more simpler, a lot more basic. You know, you're not expecting this big articulation or like the big like you know looks of everybody, but this does. Uh, this does really look a lot better than most figure lines out in the market especially in the United States and also especially the fact since it's also um, Dragon Stars was a really really successful line with not just um, not just the fans but also collectors as well who were wanting to collect Dragon Ball figures but they just couldn't because you know Dragon Ball figures were, were either too expensive or they felt that it was very cost prohibitive for them as well or for whatever reason in my case the reason why I haven't been collecting um Myth cloth is just that this is cost prohibitive for me, and as a guy who collects a lot of figures and who does a lot, who wants to start reviewing figures again, like like used to, um, having the money for um, for for like something as high end as as a, as a myth cloth is kind of a it's kind of an expense. So for me, I'll take that sacrifice of those figures in turn for more. Something more affordable, something I can keep on my, you know, something I can keep it here on my desk, something I can like look at it and be like, oh, okay, it's the same Saya toy, it is Saya right there, and not just that, it's a good way also for like if if people have like if people have res have reservations about saying Saya about collecting the action figures and whatnot, they can they can go into this line 
and they can go into this line with, uh, you know, without worrying about the expense of having to pay like almost 80, 90, 100, 100, 200, 80, 90, 100, 120, 130 for a um, myth cloth. And and that's been like my big issue is like those myth cloths are just way too expensive. I know I've hammered at that point to the end, but having the, a lower end figure line based on Saint Seiya is good. That said, I do have some I do have some concerns. I have some reservations about what's going on with the, this toy line. Um, even though I do have faith that this figure line is going to do well, since you know it's going to be bundled with Naruto, and Naruto here in the United States is huge it is like the biggest thing here in the united states if there was like a steady number if there's a steady number two it would be definitely naruto and and then packaging the figures with naruto figures would is actually been a smart thing for them to do especially for like new people who've never seen or or just never really um or who had just a passing interest in saint Seiya, they can actually pick up these figures and try it out for themselves so, for me, on one hand, it, that that um, that aspect that comes into mind, but I do fear that um, that's gonna get overshadowed. That we won't know, like it won't do as well. And here in the United States, it's just gonna like be what they call here peg warmers. They're just gonna fill up the pegs, and they're gonna be like like in five, in like three months, four months, they're gonna be on the discount bin for like. Fifteen dollars, ten dollars, and it's just like it's kind of be kind of a sad situation because that shows to toy makers that the, that they have no faith in their product or in particular this part of the product, and it's gonna become very difficult for new consumers to to check out these figures. What's even more concerning is that there is nothing to incentivize buying the entire collection. There is no build a figure. There is no gimmick for them to incentivize to get people to buy all three figures it uh, unlike dragon stars which you have like build the figures or something that has something some sort of mechanic where you can buy which encouraged to buy all the figures in a line strike um the anime heroes line does not have anything with that and that is very concerning especially with when it comes to saint Seiya, because i want this figure i want this figure line to be well and I know everyone's gonna pick up the Naruto figures, but I think because it's um, Saint Seiya's gonna be bundled with it, the front end of like what's not gonna be selling is gonna be the Saint Seiya toys. It's gonna look bad if they have to see that the Naruto toys are put are being sold well, but the Saint Seiya toys are not. And because of that, not only will not only will we not get more Saint Seiya toys, but I think that they will they will deem this line a complete failure because no one's been picking up these figures. I've been through many toy lines where they just ultimately dropped because no one was picking up anything, or they're only picking up one specific thing, and he just left the rest to just like linger on, and no one's been buying, no one buys it. I, the best example of this was with um, the 2002 Masters of the Universe toy line, where people were buying just like they oversaturated um, the market with too many, too many um, He-Man and Skeletors. That at the end of the day. Any character that wasn't a He-Man or a Skeletor was very highly coveted, and those were being brought while He-Man and Skeletors were just filling up the shelves, and no one was buying it. And that's why I fear what's going to happen with Saint Seiya in this anime, in this anime heroes line. So, I do hope that if whoever's listening, 
from Bandai. If you can, if like if someone is listening, I do hope that they take these words. You know, just, just be a little bit cautious because I do think that here in the United States it's a very different situation. In places like Mexico or South America or South America or Europe, it's gonna sell well. I know that for a fact. It will as a matter of fact I bet you more than anything that those those same figures that were, they're gonna have a problem being sold here. It's not gonna be an issue being sold anywhere else. So Let's see what's going to happen. Toy Fair is coming up next weekend. Um, it's going to be between February 22nd to the 25th. And the New York Toy Fair is usually when we get to see a lot of the new toys coming from like all the major toy companies. And that's when usually when news breaks out about when stuff coming up is going to be sold. And we'll get to see like, a clear like view of like what's coming up next for this line. Whether they're going to continue with Saint Seiya. Or they're gonna drop it, or they're gonna, or what else they're gonna do to, you know, make improvements. Over it. Overall, I am waiting to see what they do with it, and I am waiting for these action figures. I will be buying them. I will be buying them because I do want to support Saint Seiya in any way possible. So, I will be talking about these figures when they come out here in the United States. Though I do know for a fact that in some places in Mexico they already got their figures as this episode goes up. So. Hopefully they can give you guys a good review. Hopefully the Mexican guys can give you guys a, a good review as to what's going on with those figures. Um, a lot of them saying that like, you know they they're not really pleased, but like it's a, it's a very different thing here in the United States to like Mexico and like also their the collective community is very different. Here in the United States we favor more like variety and like a lot more action figures. Well, they're more and more like they're more centralized and more focused on like everything. Like there's a there's like if you're buying Saint Seiya, you're buying Saint, just Saint Seiya. Here in the United States, especially with American collectors, it's a very hodgepodge, if you will. Like it's a lot of people collecting a lot of things. Like I said, I'm collecting so many lines, and like it's a, and the expenses do add up. And having a line that's in line with those expenses makes it a little bit more easier for me to digest buying these figures than say buying a myth. With that in mind, let's go on to the main topic of this podcast, which is the first part of the CGI series, which is currently on Netflix, the first six episodes in particular. So, let's talk a little bit about that. Um, ever since I heard about the series back in July of 2017, I was, I was, I was optimistic for it. I really enjoyed the CGI um, Legend of the Sanctuary movie. I've made it known that it's actually one of my favorite movies because I do believe it's a great like, gateway to the Saint Seiya franchise. It's a good way to get people into it if they've never been into the franchise before. So for me, that is a good starting point for anybody. And the CGI was really good and stuff like that. But I was concerned as like what kind of changes they're going to be doing with the series, and also since it's going to be in Netflix, like how will that how will that's going to be affected when it goes into production, and has they can maintain that kind of quality that they did from the Saint Seiya Legend of Sanctuary movie, and when it dropped like last year, my editor was, I did felt like the series was not very well made. I did felt like the series was lacking a lot of what was going on and there was stuff that I just that I never really liked 
And then, like, then changes the names of the characters. That's something that I just don't like. That's, like, you really can't... And that, that's something I really cannot fix. And then it's just, like, the, the pacing of the story was not really well made. But I didn't, at the time, think twice about why it was like that until this viewing. And because I felt like it was not really focusing on what the, the what it should be focusing on, but now that I've watched the series again for this podcast, I kind of had like an epiphany while watching it. Like I realized what was going on, what was the problem, and and now I'm seeing, trying to see now what the positives were with the series. I felt that it the that it was structurally story wise it was not making sense to me. I felt like they were dirt going quicker than usual towards towards a an end game but in actuality it's one of the things that I'm gonna say is a positive so going to the positive stuff one of the things that I enjoyed was that we got to get a little a very much in depth with the characters I realized that this is less of like the special overall story which was something that the series had the privilege of having to do like an anime series that's continuous for like three, four years in animation, as opposed to like Netflix, you're you're given like a certain amount of um, episodes, a block of episodes, and you're like you're saying, this is how much time you have to do each episode. So I saw that they had to make some compromises with the story because of the structure of Netflix. Because of that, they can't afford to have many episodes where they can not only talk about the talk about the characters, but also talk about the story as well. And because of that, one thing had to give, and that's unfortunately the story. And I, it's still negative to me that they had to sacrifice the story. But again, we have to we have to care about the characters. We have to care a lot about what they what they are and what they what they mean to not just not just to the viewer, but like to what they mean to the story forward and I do feel that when you take that into consideration with a lot of how um, a lot of how narrative frame how you're supposed to frame things for story narrative and stuff like that it you get a good idea as to like what sacrifices were made in order for them to advance a story faster and that to me, I think, was like the detriment. But then again, that, again, that detriment was like n- at no fault of anybody. It had to be because of the Netflix stuff. It had to be because of the structure of Netflix and the structure of the animation. I'm pretty sure too was a huge factor into it. So, but so like I said, instead of having this focus of, of this grand story, now we're kind of like scaling everything down. The story is just kind of like shifting itself, going, you know, to be toying across the, you know, the background while the main story is. Gus getting to get to know the characters. And because of that, because how we get to know these characters better, I do feel that it's one of the biggest strengths is that we that in that short amount of time, we got to care about the characters a little bit better. Uh, I know some characters may not be um, everybody's taste, like say um, might be a little bit irritating to some people, especially this iteration of the character. But... I do believe that the character, that all the other characters of the st- uh, in it, um, Shiryu, Yoga, Shun, 
and Iki were were, were well made. And given that they actually had time to actually let them breathe on their own episodes, it really does symbolize how much like like how much focus they want to give how much they want to give focus for these characters. And you can see that with all the characters interactions and the, the way that there's a huge focus of these characters in each episode. Um, episode 1. Episode 1 is essentially just like a setup episode. So it sets everything what the story is and everything like that. Who are the good guys or the bad guys? Just get you out of the way. Episode 1 is a, episode 2 is a say episode. Episode 3 is a uh, episode, episode 3 is a episode for Hyoga. Episode 4 is for Shibu. And episode 5 is for Shun. And episode 6 is for Iki. And those episodes, it gives you an idea of who the characters are. It gives us the background of each character, and it kind of advances the story briefly. But it also gives us a better glimpse of the characters. Better that way, we're more invested in the characters, and thus more invested into the overall story. Um, like I said before, because of the Netflix model, it just be, it just becomes really hard. For them to do the, to do like a huge overarching thing like they were able to do in the original anime or manga or any, any other. One of the more positive aspects that I find interesting, and I know a lot of people didn't like it, was the whole thing with the Garage Foundation. Um, I felt that because they have such little time on a Netflix show to do things, having that kind of an enemy is beneficial for the series. And I know people weren't weren't um, behind it because it it took away a lot of aspects of sort of certain characters, and in particular one character that is introduced and in, that's introduced as a black saint is gonna cause a lot of trouble going down the line when we get to the twelve houses. But one of the things that I felt was interesting is that they waited into you they integrated that idea with of using tech into making the Black Saints. One of the things that I found interesting about the anime, and also people nowadays they're not really that fond of, was the fact that, is that tech was kind of like a big thing in that series. And I had no problem with it. You know, I, 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 it seems weird that they're fighting tanks and they're fighting, you know, F F-14 Tomcats and stuff like that, but I, I didn't mind it because like, that's, Basically, what it would happen in a realistic situation, to be honest. So it's like I didn't mind all that at all. And for them also to be like rejected saints who were like rejected for their sainthood, and them just rebelling and then becoming like like black saints was was an interesting idea because I think the idea of just the actual rejects them being rejected and then be rebelling and becoming saints, black saints, does work better than those one that they had in the anime and the manga where it's the same idea, but it's essentially the, they're evil clones and it just never made any sense to me why they did that. And I understand there's some people that felt that I feel more deeply about that iteration. So when... It came th when it came time to do, so when it came time, I, I I understand why people didn't like it. It took away a lot of the emotional impact of a lot of these characters, especially the Black Saints, especially like um like the Black Dragon who had a twin brother and stuff like that. But 
it just didn't make sense to me that they were clones, exact clones of the exact of the exact characters. So this kind of like takes away that, and it's like, okay, this makes sense to me. Um. So, yeah. Uh, and and also like I said, story wise, you're you're only given so much like time to like establish things that because of that, you 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 now have to do so much, and you have to do so much to advance the story, and have an enemy like that is important, so you can advance the story quicker, and it makes a lot more sense narratively in their own in their own world. I know it doesn't make sense. In other aspects, but you gotta take in consideration that it is a series that needs to be like viewed as its own thing and in its own universe. When you break it down, to take, you only have six episodes to do things. It becomes very difficult to like establish an enemy and have it be done in an organic way. So having an enemy like this is a lot better, and I do feel like it's a positive into the storyline. Um, if you're asking which one of my favorite episodes, episode two is one of my favorites. I think um, I always like to say it. he's always been my favorite character, and for them, to, and they actually did a really good job with establishing the character. And I'm, you know, I'm glad that like like one of the few things they didn't compromise in any iteration was his backstory and how he became the Pegasus Saint, and that was kept intact. CJ was really good. CJ was amazing. But considering also too, it's like they're only given, they're only given six episodes at the time of this um of this block of episodes. You know, it's amazing what they were able to pull off, almost a movie quality CGI movie in this short amount of time. It's really good, really intense. The staff of fighting and action is very. It 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 does itself a lot of fears with the CGI. It's like, and there and there feels like the never feels like you're not. Like, it doesn't feel stilted. It feels like everything's in fluid movement. A lot of these CGI shows, especially Japanese CGI stuff, is very, very... It feels very stiff, and it does not feel stiff at all. This example of this is the Godzilla movies that are on Netflix. I like them for what they are, but I also understand, too, that the animation is very, very... Not for everyone. And that's not... And some people get turned off by that. And I think... The animation in this is a lot better. So with that, let is let's go on to the comments that I said here on that I posted on both the Reddit and Twitter. I got a response from one of the mods on the on the Reddit. Sagittarius says, "Back to the Zodiac seems to be a hot topic, so I will comment on that." I was one of those who came into part one of season one, hating everything about it. Really, even watching it, I hate the CGI look and the whole Sean thing. Bringing up armies of enemies of the Saints it was weird to me. It didn't feel right. Black Saints being Cassius' clones this also bothered me. The Galaxian War being private and also a big yikes. I like how they adapted parts of the manga, um, of the manga with Yoga, with him being sent by the Sanctuary to assassinate Sayori, and then fighting the fighting scenes in part one between the Bronze Saints was actually very enjoyable. Towards the end, I actually really. Like, I ended up really liking the way Iki looks in the CGI show now that it doesn't bother me at all. And that's one of the things I like. It's like, it slowly starts to 
get better. You get to you get to now understand what the what the intent of the story was, and especially when now you understand kind of like the intent that like they were only given this much amount of time, the amount of sacrifices that need to be done for the story and add the additions to the story to progress everything forward. It makes a lot. It makes a lot more sense. So. Unfortunately, he it's a, it was a it's a bigger it's a bigger post. He was talking about stuff from episode two, from part two, and that's gonna be something I'm gonna elaborate in the next episode. So, um, so for me, um, if you wanna get if you really wanna see this series, I was dreading it at first, but believe it or not, once you understand a lot of what's going on, once you understand my point of view on things, I think you might get a little bit of an enjoyment. Again, it's just me, so I, you got it gets a recommendation from me. But you kind of have to keep a lot of things open-minded before you go into this. Um, I'm glad to see that things have improved in part two, and I can't wait to see part two coming up. You know, for the, these next block of episodes for episode two of the podcast. So be on the lookout for that next episode. All right. So last episode, I asked you all listening listeners. On both Twitter, on Reddit, and on all social medias that you saw this post, I was asking your thoughts, your, your thoughts on both the episode and also your introductions to the franchise. Because I, I shared my my experience with the franchise in the in episode zero, so I figured, you know, I want to hear from you guys about what what you guys, how you got introduced to this series and stuff. So I got some responses, some more responses from that from it. So let me read these off here. From I am Sancho T on Twitter. For me, it started in Mexico in 1984-95. I was losing family there, and it was my only brother who got me into the series. I think it was during the Poseidon arc. After watching episode one, I was hooked, and I was trying to get more footage. I remember during that time there was a commercial for a TV plugging the Lucifer movie, and that com- and commercial got me so hyped that I wanted to see it ASAP. My brother took me to the VHS rental store, and at the time they only had. At the time, they had all the movies, no TV episodes. Although I'm pretty sure there were some bootlegs being sold in the markets nearby. I only seen it for two, three weeks, but I couldn't watch the entire series. That's the time I managed to get the whole Mexican series dubbed in 2010. I'm glad to see there's the English podcast dedicated to Saint Seiya, since the Amer- English animation is low, unlike that in America. We'll definitely be checking this podcast soon. Well, thank you. I really do appreciate it. From Debbie Arms, my friend Deb. Uh, a few years ago, I saw Jump say and Jump Ultimate Stars, and I dived into the manga, but I never got into the, but I never got into got as far as Phoenix Saga. Never finished the Omega series, but that's the last time I got into Saint Seiya until now because of watching Saint Seiya Nights of the Zodiac. Hopefully, that's going well for you. Because we were talking on Twitter, it's like, well, hopefully, hopefully things go well for you with the series. From Zig Zero Two, I kept I kept my hashtag burning my cosmos since the nineteen. Mexico, when my eyes and souls had made contact with such beautiful design, score, and story. Since then, my Saint story, uh, since then, hashtag Saint has been my passion. Saint has been a many passion to a lot of us Mexican people who grew up watching it, so this is pretty much really cool that, that you know, that, you know, sometimes the more simpler the story, the better. For Ramiki, the first, the first I saw Saint Seiya in 1989, a friend of mine had a copy of the VHS all, all in Japan. Uh, he had it because his friend in Japan recorded it, saw it for him. I like to think that he was one of the few people who knew about the series for everybody in North America. 
And that's an interesting story. Like this person may have seen the series even before it got hit, before it hit Mexico and stuff like that. So it was kind of like a hidden gem to him, and it's, it's interesting to see that. Holy crap! It's like almost thirty-one years now. Here we are talking about the series in like on Netflix and stuff like that. So it tells you like how long like some people needed to wait for the series to like finally be available for them to be access for them to be able to for them to access the series in in, um, in its entirety. So. Yeah, thanks for sharing everything, guys. I was really, I'm really appreciative of you guys sending me everything, everything that you guys, all, all the comments you guys sending me, all the, all the new stuff, all the stuff that, um, everything that you guys want, they've been sending me on our, on our social medias has been really good. I'm really, really happy that I'm doing this podcast for you guys, um, and I'm gonna continue this. Like I said, next week, no, not next week, two weeks. We'll have part two. Episode six to twelve of the new CGI series. I mean, seven to seven to twelve of the new CGI series. So, if you want to join the conversation about that episode, or you want to just in general want to talk about things, uh, find a post on Reddit, or you can add us at s s c Cosmocast on Twitter, or use the hashtag on Twitter, all one word. Keep burning at Cosmos. Again, if you want to if you want to join the conversation, just you can follow. You can do it by going to Reddit. Following us on, uh, following in and replying to us on ST Cosmocast, or use the hashtag Keep the Cosmos Burning. Again, we have we are, we have so many ways you can listen to the podcast. We have we have Stitcher. We have we have Google. We have Google Podcast, Apple Podcast Player FM, Spotify, and many many other places you can check out the podcast as well. All you need to do is check out our Player FM um, site, which will be linked in the description, or it'll be linked when you see this. It'll be in the actual site when it gets linked to everywhere as well. So, with that said, guys, thank you very much for listening. Till next episode, and remember, keep burning that cosmos. <laughs> Los 